Welcome again, everybody, to another episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Sig Daddy, and today it's Retro Pay-Per-View Review number four. I'm covering ECW Hardcore Heaven 2000. Yeah, I'm at number four already. It's been fun so far doing this. I hope you enjoyed have enjoyed these uh, retro pay-per-view reviews. So far, I've covered Money in the Bank 2010, Slamboree 2000 from WCW, WWF Judgment Day 2000, most recently, and now I'm covering ECW Hardcore Heaven from the year 2000. And if you want to check out those other retro pay-per-view reviews, Check them out in the archives on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and other podcasting platforms. It's been an interesting week of wrestling so far. I really enjoyed AEW Dynamite last night. Actually, not last night, but it would be Wednesday night. That would be two nights ago if you're listening to this on Friday. Uh, I really enjoyed the the uh, Matt Hardy Young Bucks and Joey Janela and Private Party six-man tag. That was pretty fun last night. Uh, I got to catch, afterwards, I got to catch the uh, brawl between Mike Tyson and Chris Jericho. That was kind of interesting. They're bringing it up from 10 years ago. That's kind of crazy. And then also, I saw a little bit of NXT because I was intrigued by the the cage fight between uh, Thatcher and and Matt Riddle, and I personally enjoyed it. It was pretty brutal, and Thatcher is Thatcher wins, and it looks like Matt Riddle is heading up to the main roster. He's going to go to SmackDown. Interesting move there by WWE. It should be fun. And also on Dynamite, I forgot to mention this on Dynamite. This was my favorite thing. FTR debuted. Boy, was I hyped for that. I was so happy. And they had a little bit of a mini confrontation between the Bucks and FTR. And it's teasing something for the future. And there was tweets from the past that they they would hopefully get in the ring together one day and it would be magical. And I think it would most certainly be magical if the Young Bucks were to face FTR. It's a clash of styles. It's old school versus new school. It'd be a hell of a match. But let's get down to business here. We're talking about ECW Hardcore Heaven 2000. And this took place at the Rave in Milwaukee, Wisconsin with 3,400 in attendance. And a nice little Easter egg before the show, before I really get the show started. It was, if you go back and watch this on the WWE Network, uh, you don't have to dig a little bit, but you can find the pay-per-view there. At the 449 mark of the show, you can see a young Ken Anderson better known as Mr. Kennedy in WWE and Mr. Anderson elsewhere. And you can find him in the crowd. I thought that was a neat little Easter egg that I saw there. And the show kicks off with Joey Styles uh, introducing, well, with an introduction, welcoming everybody to the show. And then Joel Gertner is there too with his typical rhyme that leads to some kind of sexual innuendo. And it's pretty funny. And... If the censors don't like us, they can go to hell. And, uh, yeah, this has some language in it. It has some F-bombs in this show. But uh, the show properly gets kicked off with Balls Mahoney versus Masato Tanaka. 
And these guys are former tag team champions together. But before the match even gets started, Don Callis, also known as Cyrus the Virus, better known as Cyrus the Virus at that time, says he's taking control. He is the network, which is TNN. Uh, That's just kayfabe. And then the crowd says, you suck bleep. Callis calls, says Gertner's body is a ratings killer. And he calls him a fat piece of crap. And he says, I don't like you. And what the bleep are you going to do about that? And he said, Gertner says, I know what I should do. And I should kick your bleeping ass. And then Callis is hired muscle, chokes out Gertner. And Callis is now the cover color guy for the evening. And this match, I thought this was a pretty enjoyable opener, really good opener. Tanaka, man, that guy is freaking tough as nails. If you go back, he takes a couple of chair shots of the head here. And I'm like, holy crap. He take, At one point, he takes two to the head, hulks up like a, I don't know, man. That guy, like I said, tough dude. Uh, but then he gets knocked down by a third one. They do a dueling chair battle at one time. Balls knocks the chair out of Masato's hand. He hits him in the head, like I said, the three times I talked about earlier. But uh, we're moving on to later in the match. Uh Balls sets a chair under Tanaka's head. He goes to the middle rope, misses a leg drop. Big spinning forearm, Tanaka. Mahoney kicks out. And then Tanaka up top with Balls' chair. <laughs> Balls' chair. He jumps off the top rope, hits him in the head with it. Balls with a sp- balls of spaghetti leg at this point. And another spinning forearm by Tanaka. And that's it. Uh, before the finish... Balls would actually hit two of his, I think two of his finishers, which were the Nutcracker Sweet, but they're like more like a Michinoku driver, pretty much. It was, it's pretty much a Michinoku driver. But Tanaka gets it done after two forearms, and I really enjoyed this match. This is a lot better than I thought it would be. A lot of big move kickouts, but the crowd really seemed into it. And like I said, Tanaka is tough as freaking nails. If you go and watch any other Tanaka match, I recommend you watch the one from ECW One Night Stand 2005 with Mike Awesome. That match is balls to the wall. Crazy. Lots of weapon shots in that. Tanaka showing off his toughness in that one as he did in this one. But yeah, I'd recommend you go watch that one. I'm going to give this match a B. I had a lot of fun with this opener. And post-match, they hug and shake hands. And after this, Tanaka and Mahoney would actually meet one more time on ECW on TNN. And it would turn out that would be Tanaka's last match in ECW as he would return to Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling shortly thereafter. After the hug and embrace post-match between Balls and Tanaka, Storm cuts a promo backstage with Don Marie in the background. And he's talking, he's hyping up his match coming up later in the night against Just Incredible, the former primetime, uh, not the primetime players, but the, uh, the impact players. I was thinking of the primetime players, which was, uh, Darren Young and Titus O'Neil. It is the impact players, uh, Lance Storm and Justin Credible. And he says, In ECW, you had me tonight. You stand alone. And tonight, you get your ass kicked because I am taking your title. And enjoy your moment in the sun because after tonight, it's over. 
Following that, we get a three-way dance. So in EZW, a three-way dance, it's an elimination match. So in this match, it's Simon Diamond uh, with Mitch Prodigy, Prodigette, and the Musketeer all with him versus Little Guido with Sally Graziano versus Mikey Whipwreck with the Sinister Minister, uh, better known as Dr. James Mitchell when he went on when he uh, managed Abyss in TN, TNA slash Impact Wrestling. And before the match, Simon says he's not a comedy act. He will show them tonight why he is a blue chip athlete. In this match, he gets very frantic early on, but the first elimination occurs after Mikey sets Guido up on the middle rope and he goes for a stunner. And then... He avoids a charging Simon Diamond, does a whip wreck, and it was kind of botched a little bit. And then he hits a stunner on Diamond, and he gets pinned there. Later on, it'd be Mikey getting a double underhook face buster for a long two count. And an Irish whip by Guido. Sal hits Mikey in the back. Side Russian leg sweep by Guido gets a near fall. And then Sal shows up into the ring, and he climbs a turnbuckle, and... Misses an elbow. Minister then hands whip wreck a fireball and he kind of botches it. He was throwing it into Sal's face because Sal's other eye was already damaged. It looked more like uh, whip wreck burn his hand instead of Sal uh, burning his eye, but Sal sells it anyway. And Mikey turns around and gets hit with the unprettier from Little Guido, and that's enough. That gets Guido the win. I thought this was okay. I thought this was a little sloppy at times, but still, it was a fairly enjoyable match, and Little Guido gets the win. C-plus grade for me for that match. I thought it was fairly enjoyable. After that, just incredible cuts of promo, and he's talking about the seven years he's took. He took everybody's blood, hard work, and everybody's sacrifice, and threw it to the ground, and he did it all for the ECW championship, and tonight is going to be the night that he's going to make an impact, and you're going to see a world champion that is not just the coolest, not just the best, but just incredible, and they, they promote their website. They do this throughout the show. Up next was the... Match between C.W. Anderson and Kid Cash. It's the Dangerous Alliance accompanying C.W. Anderson to the ring. It's Louie Dangerously with Elektra. And he tells all the Milwaukee morons to shut up. And he can't even get his name out. And he has the most important announcement he's ever made. And he's talking about Elektra. She's not just another pretty face. And she is the toughest woman in the wrestling business today, and anybody who thinks they're tougher than her, he invites them down to the ring and try to kick her ass. And guess who shows up? It's Jazz. Uh, Jazz from the WWE, former WWE Women's Champion, but that was before her uh, run in WWE. Uh, she lays into Anderson. Jazz hits a face buster. One guy super kicks Lou and strips Elect Electra down to a t-shirt, and 
Actually, it was Jazz who super kicked Lou, and then Jazz strips Electra down to a t-shirt. A Michinoku driver on Electra strips her down to a very skimpy one-piece that is showing about everything. And then CW spinebusters Jazz, and we get this match underway. Kid after Kid Cash shows up and makes the save. And this is, goes on for a few minutes. And there's a lot of interference in this match. A lot of stuff with the uh, Dangerous Alliance. It gets a little out of control. There's too much interference in this match. And late in the match, Billy and Lou get involved. Part of the Dangerous Alliance. Lou grabs Cash while the official is distracted. Cash avoids a phone shot by Lou and hits Billy. And hits Billy. And then a super kick uh, from CW Gets a, another long two count. And then the enforcer, C.W. Anderson, heads up top. Cash meets him up there. Hits a Hurricane Rana up off the top. And that's it. I'm going to give this match a C grade. Like I said, too much interference. Cash is impressive. Kid Cash was impressive in this match. Very athletic guy. And the only thing I didn't like was he ate most of the offense pretty much in this match. He ate a lot of the offense. But uh, I was definitely impressed with Cash's athleticism in this match. Just didn't enjoy the match too much. I'm giving it a C grade. Following that, we got RVD backstage being asked by Bill Alfonso if he has the right amount of tape. And RVD says, it's my job to be the pro athlete. It's your job to blow the whistle. And besides, if there was any serious trouble... I have Scotty in my corner to watch me really F somebody up. And he doesn't say F, he says the actual word. And we can say that because we're on pay-per-view. And he's Mr. Pay-per-view and he's been out three months. And he's never been always he's never been overconfident. He always backs it up in the ring. And he's gonna earn the title of everybody's favorite wrestler tonight. Up next, it was the tag team three-way dance. It was the Baldies, Angel and Tony DeVito versus Nova and Chris Shetty. Yes, that's Hollywood Nova, but it's not Hollywood Nova. It's just Nova and uh, Chris Shetty uh, taking on the dastardly ones, Danny Doring and Roadkill. And the first elimination takes place the first elimination occurs after Angel hits one of the dastardly ones with a guitar shot and gets the pin, and it's down to the Baldies and Nova and Chris Shetty. This match had a lot of spots in it. Uh, one of the guys hit a Big splash, actually, it was Roadkill. He springboard splashed Rods through the table on the outside. That was an impressive sight to see. Uh, Roadkill is a pretty athletic guy. This match had a lot of spots. Nova hit a Swanton at one time during this. Um, I, I enjoyed this for the most part. After that, At the end, uh, Shetty hit Tony with a Fireman's Carry driver. Nova and Shetty both head up top jump on Tony and get the win. I said I enjoyed this match a little bit. I thought it was okay. I'm going to give it a C plus. A lot of spots in this match. A lot of spots. And this was Tornado Tag style. After the match, the Baldies beat them down, both Nova and Shetty. But New Jack shows up with his trash can full of weapons and destroys Angel. 
and then uses a staple gun on Tony, and he has a fork now, and he stabs Tony in the head. He has a second fork, stabs him in the head again. This dude is freaking nuts. But uh, the crowd loves it, and New Jack throws Tony over the guardrail. He brings him through the crowd, hits a throat chop. New Jack sets up the table, places Tony on it. New Jack climbs up to the balcony and throws the X up, jumps off the balcony, and puts DeVito through the table. And that was a high jump, man. 10 to 15 feet above DeVito. And New Jack, man, that is one tough dude. And that takes some balls to do that spot. Man, he was up there. Um, back in the ring, Angel is being held by Nova and Shetty. And Jack acts like he's playing the guitar for a moment, then clubs it over Angel's head. And then New Jack goes to the top, turnbuckle with a chair, jumps off, and drops it on Angel's face. We get a cover. And I guess that was a match. I didn't even know that was a match. All this is happening while New Jack's music is playing something he's known for. I'm not, like, super familiar with New Jack matches. But uh, I guess that was a match. And I thought it was fine. He reestablished a New Jack as the maniac that he is, the man that he is, and the risk taker that he is. I'm not going to give it a grade, but... uh. I enjoyed it. It was a nice little, fun little beat down, a little thing to reestablish New Jack. And then Joey explains the awkwardness from earlier because they finished up their promo and they're walking up the ramp at the beginning of the show and he said he saw Tommy Dreamer out of the corner of his eyes, bloodied and staggered, and it was just an incredible who actually attacked Tommy Dreamer. Following that, we get the king of old school. It's Steve Carino with Jack Victory in his corner, taking on Yoshihiro Tajiri. And boy, this was a fun match to watch. This was a fun match to watch. You forget how good Tajiri was. I love Tajiri's kicks and strikes. He gets the tarantula at one point in this match. Carino bleeds buckets during this match. Uh... After a brain buster on the ramp by Tajiri. And this is a really fun match. I I thought uh, Victory gets involved during this. Uh, Tajiri actually gets a table at one time. Sets it up in the ring. And he drop kicks the end of the table into Karina. Which I had never seen that spot before. I thought that was pretty cool. And later in the match. Uh, Karina hits a power slam. After uh, Tajiri hits victory with the green mist, Karina whips Tajiri into the corner, charges, gets kicked by Tajiri. Tajiri peppers him with punches and kicks. Buzzsaw kick to Karino. Tajiri then heads top, heads up top and double stomps Steve Carino through a table that was set up inside the ring. As I said, I enjoyed this match a ton. This was pretty fun. And I really never realized how good Tajiri was until I watched this match. And both guys really delivered. I think this was the best match of the night. And, I, and it was the best match of the night in my opinion. I'm going to give it a B plus. And then after the match, Kanemura, who attacked uh, Gertner earlier on in the show, he attacks Tajiri post-match. Him and Victory then beat Tajiri down. And then Dusty Rhodes shows up of all people. Hits a bunch of bionic elbows. He got a pretty good pop. That was pretty cool. And then Rhino shows up and jumps Dusty. 
and it gets getting a bit chaotic. Sandman's music hits as the chaos ensues and eventually ceases. And then we get Rhino versus the Sandman for the ECW World Television Championship. And before this match, I had to say this. It's crazy to think Rhino is still working as an active wrestler today. But I didn't realize this. He's only 44 years old. So at the time when this pay-per-view was on, he was about, what, 25? That's insane. 20 years ago. Jeez, man. Rhino was young and he was killing it at this time. Um, This match is very frantic, high-paced, high-impact match between these two. It's ugly. They fight outside the ring during this. At one time, Sandman leaned a table against the ropes. Rhino set up a chair. Rhino launched himself off the chair for a gore. Sandman ducked, and Rhino went through the table. And back in the ring, it was Sandman pile-driving Rhino on a chair for a two-count. He had a second one, but then the party shows up. It's Jacked Victory along with Steve Carino. And Sandman's wife is actually there, and he canes Jack. She canes Jack Victory, and Carino then stops her. And Sandman then attacks Carino. Carino hits a super kick on Sandman. Then Rhino hits a pile driver on the runway, and then Sandman's wife slaps Rhino. Rhino then pile drives her off the ring apron through a table. Very scary spot there. And then Carino and Victory set up a table in the corner. Sandman makes the save before his wife gets gored through the table. And then Sandman picks her up but gets gored through the table himself with his wife in his arms. And Rhino gets the pin and retains. I thought this was a pretty crazy fight. Some big spots, a couple of memorable spots with Rhino missing the gore through the table, and then Rhino pile-driving Sandman's wife through a table. You don't see that anymore. You certainly don't see that anymore. I'm going to give it a B-minus grade. I I could do that without all the interference, but still, it was a pretty enjoyable match. Uh, Post-match, Rhino says, Happy Mother's Day, you effing beat bleep. And there you go. It was on Mother's Day. This uh, pay-per-view took place back in the year 2000. Following that, it's Rhino's return match against Jerry Lynn. He returns after being out for three months with a broken leg, and it's against his toughest opponent. And Lynn, he was also out five months with a broken ankle, but he got no hype for his comeback while RVD did. He felt a little bit slighted there. RVD is accompanied by Bill Alfonso, and Scotty Anton. And this match was pretty good. They got plenty of time. They almost got 20 minutes in this match. But the thing was, late into this match, they had the party show up. The party show up, including Jack, Victory, Steve Carino, Rhino, and even Cyrus comes up the ramp at one time after RVD frog splashed uh Jerry Lynn, who had a chair on top of him. They were having a pretty good match. These guys have a catalog of really good matches. These guys have worked together probably three million times over the course of time. And they were having a pretty good match up until that point, until the Cyrus and everyone else showed up. Uh, 
RVD during this match hit multiple Van Daminators, including a one on Cyrus late in the match. And then RVD threw the chair after Lynn moved. Uh, Alfonso caught it. Lynn kicked the chair in Alfonso's face. Uh, Van Dam had a Van Daminator. And like I said, he goes for the, not like I said, but he goes for the frog splash once again. But it's Anton, who was taken out earlier in the match, who shoves RVD off the top rope. Jerry Lynn, they were thinking he was going to work with the network, which was what was going on at the network the, at the time. They were eventually going to get replaced by Raw on the TNN network. But Cyrus is playing this kayfabe network executive. And Jerry Lynn was, they thought Jerry Lynn might join him. He doesn't. Jerry Lynn actually, during this match, fought them off. But uh, Anton shoved RVD off the top rope and Jerry Lynn hit a second cradle pile driver well hit a cradle pile driver RVD kicked out of that one that was the first cradle pile driver but then the second one was on a chair and Jerry Lynn gets the win out of that one I like this a lot until the interference because these guys can really counter wrestle very well the opening part of the match was awesome counter counter after counter uh but yeah, I would have been fine with just the Anton turn on RVD during this match. But still, it was a really fun match. I'm going to give it a B grade. Go out and check this one out along with the Steve Carino versus uh, Yoshihiro Tajiri match on this show. These are Those are the two matches I recommend along with the Masato Tanaka match. Those three matches I think were the best things on the show. But uh, Carino Tajiri, definitely the best thing on the show. After that, we get the main event of the evening. It's the ECW World Heavyweight Championship match. It's Justin Incredible defending the title against his former Impact player's colleague and teammate, Lance Storm. Before the match, Credible gets on the mic. He says, tonight we're scheduled for a three-way dance, but uh, if anybody shows up besides Lance Storm, they're going to take this belt and throw it in the trash like he did with the titles. And note, note before this match, uh, Storm was actually Credible's mentor. Uh, after Credible says what he says, Dreamer's music hits, Dreamer shows up, and Heyman and company come out to prevent him from getting into the ring. And Credible wants Heyman to let him go, but uh, Heyman's not going to let him go. Lance Storm and Don Marie show up. Dreamer and Storm have a bit of a combo convo before Dreamer is forced to leave. And Heyman says he has it by the balls, which means the ECW championship. And he says he can't do anything. So Dreamer and Storm shake hands. Dreamer flips off Heyman as they leave ringside and up the ramp. And they brawl the start. Credible powders out. And Storm is not happy. This match was, as we go along, I'm not going to give you the full match, but Storm does a pretty... Storm and... Credible did a pretty decent job during this match. I couldn't get a lot, whole lot into it. The finish really hurt it, I thought. Because um, they hit the high spot. They hit the peak at this point. They hit the peak when Don Marie and um, Francine Brawl uh, do a cat fight. Credible pulls Don Marie off and hits her with the spinning tombstone. Storm then hits Credible with the cane. Storm hits a pile driver on Credible, and Credible kicks out. 
Storm then goes for the Tombstone, and Credible Tombstones Storm, and Storm kicks out. And it seems like right after that point, right after the first Tombstone by Just Incredible, the crowd just went, it took a big fart. It just, like the whole energy of the building was sucked out. There was nothing left because the pin occurred after Just Incredible went for a double underhook. He slingshots up. Uh, Storm slingshots Credible into the corner. Credible counters a sunset flip attempt into a pin, but Storm kicks out again, and it was really quiet on that pin attempt. Like I said, the energy was completely taken out of the building after the first tombstone by uh, Just Incredible. Just Incredible playing the heel in this match. Storm heads up top after a drop kick, and... He gets crotched on the top rope, and then Just Incredible grabs him, hits another tombstone, and that's it, folks. That's the end of the match. And really, I think this match should have ended a couple minutes earlier because it seemed like they hit the peak when Credible hit the first tombstone, the first spinning tombstone. But I thought it was an enjoyable match, an enjoyable main event. Honestly, I'd rather have seen probably the RVD match in the main event, but I get it. It was the ECW World Heavyweight Championship, but post-match, Dreamer shows up, and Kane's credible, and Francine, who costed Dreamer the title, uh, tries to beg and plead with him. Uh, Francine then sweet-talks him. He leaves Dreamer the, she leaves Dreamer the title. They hug, but Dreamer swerves, and he hits the Dreamer driver on Francine. Then Dreamer gives the title back to an incapacitated Just Incredible and says some stuff to him as the show closes out. And I'm going to give that match between Just Incredible and Landstorm a B-. Like I said, it was an enjoyable main event. wasn't great. I think the RVD match should have been on instead of this one in the main event. But I get it as it's the main title of the company. Overall for this show, it wasn't as good as Judgment Day 2000, which I reviewed last week, but it wasn't as bad as Slamboree 2000. These three pay-per-views all taking place in the month of May. I think this was somewhere in the middle. I'm going to give it a B-, minus, the second best of the May pay-per-views from these three companies in the two th- year 2000. Um, I really enjoyed this uh, Carino Tajiri match along with the RVD Jerry Lynn match and the Balls Mahoney and Masato Tanaka match. I I recommend you check those three show, uh, three matches out. I actually recommend you to check out this pay per view just for history purposes. And it's the during the final what seven months of ECW pay per views. Six, seven months of ECW pay-per-views. But uh, it's a B-minus grade for me on that show. Uh, ECW Hardcore Heaven 2000. I hope you enjoyed that review. I just want to give you some notes. Actually, what happened post-ECW uh, Hardcore Heaven. Some stuff, some notes of what happened later on. Uh, not later on, but what happened in the aftermath of this show. So that last match between Lance Storm and Justin Credible will turn out to be Lance Storm's last match in ECW before he would head off to WCW. Then Justin Credible would then feud with Tommy Dreamer for the title and would defeat Dreamer in a Stairway to Hell match at ECW Heat Wave that July. And then Credible would hold on to that title 
until Jerry Lynn would win it at Anarchy Rules in October. And then just two wrestlers I wanted to highlight from this show are both Rhino and RVD because those are those two are both active in a uh, major company right now. Uh, Rhino in the aftermath would hold on to the TV title until the September 8th episode of ECW on TNN uh, where he would lose it to Kid Cash but then just two weeks later would regain the title on September 21st and would not relinquish it until ECW closed in April of 2001. He would also win the ECW World Championship at the at ECW's final pay-per-view, Guilty as Charged, in January of 2001, and would hold on to that title also until ECW closed. It's crazy to think. Rhino is 44. He's only 44, so he was in his mid-20s at the time. And since... Uh, ECW closed. He's worked for WWE, Ring of Honor, and TNA Impact Wrestling. And actually, he's currently working at TNA Impact Wrestling. Well, Impact Wrestling, it's now called. Uh, Rhino has won multiple titles since the closing of ECW, including the NWA World Heavyweight Championship when he was in TNA, uh, the inaugural SmackDown Tag Team Championships with Heath, Heath Slater, baby, and the... WCW US Championship while he was in WWE slash WWF. And RVD, since ECW's closing, has worked for WWE and most notably WWE and TNA Impact Wrestling. Uh, Most notably, after ECW folded, he won the ECW Championship in the newly when they reincarnated ECW back in 06. He also won the WWE Championship and the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. And as I said, Rhino's working for Impact Wrestling right now. So is RVD. RVD is 49 years old. Just some little extra stuff I wanted to give out after doing this ECW Hardcore Heaven 2000 review. But don't go away. I have plenty of more content coming to you, including next week, a look back at Extreme Rules 2017. A couple of big matches from that show included the five-way Extreme Rules match to determine the number one contender for the Universal Championship. That match involved Samoa Joe, Bray Wyatt, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, all vying for a chance at Brock Lesnar's uh, Universal Championship. Also on that pay-per-view was the Hardy Boys versus Cesaro and Sheamus in a steel cage match for the Tag Team Championships. That's coming up next week. A look back at Extreme Rules 2017. Will I will be reviewing Extreme Rules 2017. And the week after that, I'm going to take a look back at ECW One Night Stand 2005 took place June 12, 2005, and it'll be on the exact date that that show took place 15 years ago. So that will drop on June 12th next Friday, dropping the Extreme Rules pay-per-view review. In the meantime, follow me on Facebook and Twitter at SigDaddyWrestle and on Instagram at SigDaddy.Wrestle. Until next time, this is SigDaddy signing off. Thanks for listening, and so long, everybody.